What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Nice to be here and uh, looking forward to have a talk with you. I really enjoy everything you do in this space and think your podcast is great. Well, thank you. It's uh, nice to finally do this. I think this is like attempt number four or five or something like that. Uh, I know our schedules kept kind of not lining up properly. So I'm glad it finally came together. Yeah, same. And yeah, actually, we had, we had some issues, yeah, to get it to make it happen. Uh, and I recently, uh, yeah, I, I don't check my uh, mailbox very often <clears throat> here in Canada, but I recently got this bad boy, which hey, I was finally very awesome. happy to receive. Cool. And um, you know, before we get going, man, I just want to say congratulations on getting this thing off the ground and putting it together and putting so many great. Uh, people's voices into this thing you know and you're in the introduction or the foreword to the magazine um you take two pages to talk about um the quote-unquote community and you you know you uh you recognize that some people don't like that word but i'm with you i i, I love that word and i i love this community and um you know, disclaimer, it doesn't mean everybody has to agree with each other, but we, we won't crack into that chestnut right now. But just what I love about this and what you mentioned in the last couple of paragraphs is how, you know, the plebs, the kind of unknowns of this revolution, m many of which, many of whom uh, are vocal on Twitter often, um, you know, they're not the well-known Bitcoiners that you might see at the conferences and stuff like that, but they have such, um, well, they're so passionate and they have such good insight and they're such a uh, enjoyable and beautiful and important part of, of this whole thing. And uh, I love talking to them on my show and I love how you included so many in, uh, in this magazine. And basically at the end, you, you finish off by saying, you know, if you've got something worthwhile to say, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you are, hit us up and, and we'll include it. So kudos for that attitude. And, uh, yeah, thank you again because I'm I'm super stoked to get this. Yeah, thank, thanks a lot, John. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think we will not have a problem to find uh, topics to talk about today. But because like yeah, already when you talk about clips and uh, like how they come off as very good ambassadors for uh, Bitcoin and for why we are here, uh, I think part of that is that they are by nature unfiltered and uh, unedited which is a trap that uh, a lot of people fall into when they when they grow in uh, like influence or uh, they they tie connections with people and like every time you get a new powerful friend that's also suddenly a threat to your ability to speak freely you know so uh, yeah, I continue to, to find a lot of the most inspirational and uh, interesting stuff in this space among the among the plebs and among the people who aren't really followed in a big way. But uh, yeah, they contribute the, the essence, I think. Yeah, what I've enjoyed so much is, you know, very similar, <clears throat> excuse me, to this conversation now is like I've had a number of podcasts with, um, you know, anonymous plebs. And uh, as you say, you know, there's, there's just, you can say whatever you want. And I guess when you interact with those people, or you are one, you realize the extent to which people self-censor in society today. And as yeah. you just um, 
recognized, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever, you know, you think like come with that comes greater degree of freedom. And obviously in some domains it does, but um, that is again, what, you know, one of the unique aspects of all this is that we have this like effectively army of people that are willing to seek and speak truth regardless of what it is or the cost of doing so. And, you know, so people might get, you know, thrown off Twitter from time to time. They may offend certain people, but it's just, that's what's so special about, you know, the cyber hornet swarm, the new uh, term in the lexicon is, you know, we, it, it doesn't matter who you are, like, you know, and most of this dialogue happens on Twitter in the public domain, you know, they'll go after you if, if you're wrong or if your ideas, you know, are shit or if they're being protected for some way or if you're hiding behind credentials or whatever. And, you know, that's the way that it should be. If, if you're really after a genuine understanding, if it's a real intellectual journey, then it should be, um, it should be put to the fire at every single turn like that unapologetically. If, you know, and that's, that's the real test. Like the, the test of whether or not your, your search for truth, quote unquote, is genuine, is are you willing to have it be put to the fire at every single step along that journey that you take? And if not, then you're full of shit. Then you're, yeah. you're fronting or you're, you know, you whatever. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so great to see that so many are com like that committed that, um, you know, that they, that they're, they act that way. And, um, you know, it makes for a really, uh, you know, amazing place to mix it up and, and test new ideas and, and ultimately build a culture, which, you know, to bring it back around to the magazine is, and something that I talk about on the podcast all the time, it's like, that's what's really happening here. Like, you know, I, I, maybe I say this too often, but Bitcoin is a tool and it's a glorious, amazing, you know, once in a civilization tool, but it's what it fosters. That's the real story. And I think what we're beginning to see this, you know, ragtag group of rebels and people from all different domains that are seeking the truth and speaking the truth and engaging this thing and putting themselves on the line and humbling themselves uh, within a community and before this thing to try to figure out what it is that is being fostered is, um, is the real story here. And it's what I find so fascinating about being in this space. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, the, a lot of what we are here for boils down to the concept of truth, right? And, uh, and uh, for me, at least, that's, that's what makes Bitcoin so extremely special is that in this world where everything is so relative right now and it's so hard to, to agree on anything. And uh, finally, we have this uh, digital version of truth, uh, which inspires a lot of people, including me, and uh, it it just drives home <laughs> how foundational truth is and uh, how impossible it is to grow or build anything if we build it on falsehoods. Yeah, and you know the ex Bitcoin environment today is certainly uh, at least, if nothing else, showing the necessity of something like that. <clears throat> I know you're. Uh, pretty vocal in your criticisms of many of the things going on today, as am I. And, um, you know, I would, uh, it's staggering to think what things would look like without that, you know, that thing that is Bitcoin uh, for us yeah. to, to rally around and to have as a life raft, you know, next to the Titanic sort of thing. Yeah. 
yeah, very special times right now. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's kind of, I think it's very challenging times in many ways. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, as you say, I'm pretty vocal, just not because I want to be, just because I feel like it's just wrong or hypocritical to not call out uh, this gigantic uh, worrisome things that's transpiring right now. But it's also, it's crazy to see how we're operating with the different versions of truth right mm. now, different uh, distributed bubbles of the truth and uh, how, uh, how extremely uh, polarized we are getting. And I'm kind of sad to see that certain people that I considered friends in this space have just straight up unfollowed me and uh, are very vocal as to what kind of fascist I have become because I hold certain opinions about the world right now. So it, it, it really, it's really divisive. And uh, even within the Bitcoin community, to, to a certain degree, these are very divisive topics. But to me, that's not, that's not the reason, or at least not the good enough reason to stay silent on them. Yeah, and you don't, you know, you don't have to name names, but what are some of the issues that you've been vocal about that people are, are criticizing you for? Uh, one big thing recently is like uh, my, I want, uh, I think there is a lot of things that are very fishy about uh, the election uh, in the United States and uh, just my insistence on that we should look at these things and uh, also my pointing out uh, the enormous bias and censorship of uh, the corporate media and the uh, big tech, which what? is not. What? <laughs> yeah, what am I talking about, right? <laughs> Must be some kind of conspiracy theorist or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's in times like these, and I know, like leading up to the election, especially, uh, you know, everyone in the world probably was was pretty, you know, had had chosen a side. And I've been thinking about this for a long time because, you know, like everybody else, uh, we all just have, we're all triggered emotionally by a, a variety of things that we probably would be better served not to be triggered by, right? But we live in this society and it's hard to completely detach yourself emotionally from all the machinations that, that happen within it and to it and as a result to you. Um, but, you know, so I, I find myself getting whether it's with family or in social environments, getting kind of pulled into these, um, these discussions. And, you know, side note, it's just unbelievable. Like, it's unbelievable how transparent it is that, that people's opinion is formed on the basis of their temperament, not on the basis of, you know, any sort of objectivity or collection of the best available data and rational, you know, and logic, logical sort of inquiry. I mean, it's literally just temperamental. And, you know, maybe the best example of that today is like the Trump Biden thing. But but nevertheless, my, my point is, is like, and like me getting, well, I'll take it way back, actually, just to give you some perspective. So when I was in high school, like I, I smoked weed, right? And I smoked it like very, um, like, like intentionally. So I wouldn't smoke it until like my homework was done and my workout was done. And like all the, if I was just going to amplify my relaxation time, right. Play video games, watch a movie, hang out with my girlfriend. That was like when, when I would smoke weed. And, um, 
you know, at the time, weed was illegal and everywhere, you know, pretty much except for Amsterdam or something like that in the world. And I would get into these arguments with, again, like family and social environments. And I'd get so, like, out of sorts because the people that I was speaking with were so not only irrational, like their argument just, you know, had no real basis in, in rationale or the data or the science around this thing. Um, but it, it just, it also, like, it was so antithetical to people having the right to choose what they do with their own body, right? And I know that's yeah. a relevant conversation again today. But I, what, the reason why I'm retelling the story is because I, I became so emotional one night that, like, my field of vision kind of, like, squeaked out for a second. And I'm a very, mm -hmm. like, calm person, typically. And so after that happened, one, you know, I, we moved on to another discussion. And since that day, like, I, I've been very mindful of, like, how emotional I get in certain yeah. conversations and whether or not I should engage in them as a result. And with, with everything going on in the world today, I mean, don't get me wrong, I am equally like furious about a lot of the infractions on freedom and all the other nonsense that's going on. But I try to train myself to be like, to just think in this perspective, everybody, as you just said, like they're so polarized that the people on that side think they're the, they're the, the right ones and the other people are crazy and vice versa. So everybody is super like polarized and, and triggered about this stuff. Me, like that's not how I'm going to affect change. Like con convincing somebody at a fucking party that like, you mm -hmm. know, the, you know, the virus is whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I try to have the discipline to engage in what I believe to be the solution, which Bitcoin is obviously a massive part of that and, mm -hmm. and not kind of feed the fire of the vitriol and the, the hate and the arguments and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's super tough. Like it's really tough because nothing feels better than just like, you know, telling someone how fucking stupid they are basically. <laughs> um, yeah. but that's, that's what I try to do these days. And I, I'm getting a little bit better at it, but I, I still falter pretty frequently. I, I find it hard to, to know what is my ideal in this, uh, in this respect. Like I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely a stoic. I I consider uh, Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius to basically have uh, turned my life around and uh, changed my life completely. I discovered it like a long time ago. But uh, and I also I also had my uh, extended period of time exploring both uh, the left side of politics, but also the uh, like uh, the hippie lifestyle and uh, the extreme spiritual people. Uh, I've surrounded myself with a lot of those people mm -hmm. back in the day. And uh, like as of right now, we have, we have some ideals on the personal level, like uh, detachment from shit that uh, we can't control and uh, if not detachment, but acceptance. Uh, but what I've seen in some people that, in my opinion, go too far or misunderstand the concept of spirituality is that they they hold it up as an ideal to like completely detach from everything and just float around like like everything concerning the ego is wrong and it's uh, you know the ideal is to be as 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 floaty and like uh, you know completely in your own headspace and world and i know exactly I mean, what you mean yeah yeah and i see a lot of hypocrisy among those people now 
that I didn't like realize when I held them up as ideals a long time ago. But uh, there are certain things happening right now in meat space, like uh, not in the spiritual realm, but in meat space, like the space that can, where people, where agents run around and bust doors open and lock people up and uh, and actual physical shit. And I, I find it kind of hard to find the balance or to know the balance of like how much to speak out, when to speak out, when to just accept, when to, because I see, I see it on Twitter as well. Like, quite a few people like, oh, shut up, Paul, not uh, shut up about this uh, politics shit, Bitcoin will fix this and blah, blah, blah. But I sense, I, I'm not, like, I sense that some people just think this is extremely uncomfortable because it is, it's really disturbing shit happening in the world right now. The Great Reset, this crazy push for vaccines and basically turning people into operating systems that need to be updated with vaccines on a regular basis. This is serious, serious shit. And uh, I, maybe this is the type of shit that actually will need physical confrontation to be sorted out, who knows. Uh, but I, I think it's in some respects a cop-out for me to just uh, do the full stoic mode like and just decide yeah this is out of my control it's not good it's not bad I will just uh, basically ignore it and focus on like uh, the Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin fixes this narrative and everything will be fine kumbaya kumbaya I'm not so sure that's that's the whole solution right now I think uh, I think this is also a time for good men to speak out and to step up yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, when I recount like the perspective and the, the approach that I'm trying to, to develop, like, just like, I think you just said, like, I'm not really sure what the appropriate approach is. I know I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure that devoting most of my energy toward Bitcoin is, you know, that's definitely yeah. good, you know? Yeah. Um, just, everything everything that resonates uh, from moment to moment is good right and bitcoin resonates so intensely that it's a no-brainer yeah and you know one of the things i've noticed this year because again like I, I try to figure out like to what extent are these you know ideological or issue based battles with people online or with people in your your actual meat space life to what degree are they effective at whatever your intended outcome is your desired outcome mm -hmm. is and like that, it's, that's so tricky. Like, and I think back in my own experience and I can't recall, you know, having, you know, uh, one of those conversations or many, I mean, I can't even think of any right now. I'm sure there's been a handful over, you know, the years, but very seldom do they finish with the other person conceding. And like, I don't look for a hard concede, like you're right, John. I look for a, like, you know what? that's, you know, perhaps that's mm -hmm. a, a worthwhile perspective to explore. And maybe I should, you know, uh, maybe I shouldn't be so vehement or beholden to you know, the perspective that I had at the beginning of this conversation. Like I'm not looking for a, I win, you lose, but even as soft as that is, I, I, I seldom uh, seem to get them. And 
you know, one of the things that I've noticed this year, the class of 2020 Bitcoiners, I've been super impressed with. They just come in and like, you know, mm. the amount of education that's available, the, the, mm. the, the dominance of the narrative that, that uh, you know, presides over the space right now. I think that all allows them to kind of funnel in that much more quickly. But I'm almost starting to like people want to be a part of something positive, generally speaking, right? Like that's a, that's attractive. Like whether you're in high school and it's like, you know, the cool group or the group of kids that are, you know, successful in whatever domain, like, you know, people want to be successful. People want to be happy. And what I see developing here is like, it's almost like people come for number go up, but stay for the culture, you know, for the emerging mm -hmm. culture, for the, the community, because I've seen a yeah. bunch of people over the past year flood into this and over the years as well. But, you know, I've, I've just, noticed a, a little bit of a difference this year and um they come from a background of like hardcore status socialist or you know uber green environmentalist or like any spectrum there's you know they come from all different former ideologies and they come into this and they notice you know the community like they they grok bitcoin and they're like well that is the you know a solid foundation on which to build and then they start mixing it up and they're like wow these people are you know intelligent and objective and you know welcoming if you're not a little bitch and you can handle some you know pushback on on your ideas and they want to hear your ideas and they want to you know they want you to be in the mix mixing it up and um there's so much creativity in this space there's so much hope for the future in this space and all of that is so attractive that like i feel like our best like approach to changing things or i should say like my best approach is to make that entity like better right make it make it more attractive by making it more awesome and i do that by making like continuing to refine myself and continue to put my refined self into that thing because then it's just another person contributing to that thing like just being attractive and i and like as much as all of these conversations go down in the public and private sphere sphere i don't think anything is more compelling and people looking over and be like, why is that motherfucker so happy? Like, why is that mm. motherfucker so like, you know, successful? <laughs> and I, I used to think this about psychedelics too, right? I mean, I was and have been, you know, an advocate and uh, I guess sacramental user of psychedelics for a long time. And, you know, I'd have these very similar conversations, you know, like you guys, you gotta, you gotta listen to me about this shit. And, you know, very few people would. And so early on in the game, I kind of realized that, the, you know, the, the best way to pitch this stuff is to show what the beneficial effects have been in my life, right? So in the person that I become and the, you know, how I come off to people, that's the best sales pitch for, um, you know, what the, the power of these things to have a, a positive impact. And so I, I'm, while I, you know, I agree with you, and I think, like, you know, good people do have to speak up and, and, and you know call out frauds and call out things that are wrong my own experience has been that it's just so it, it's not very effective whereas you know celebrating something that's awesome and building something that's awesome and like having that thing grow and grow and grow to be even more awesome then like it's almost like you, i've noticed you don't have to sell as hard and sometimes not as all uh, not at all because people just see it and they're like 
yo, I want to be a part of this. I want to get rich. I want a sick ass community. I want like, you know, I want to, you know, be a part of the magic that is whatever we call this group of people coalescing around Bitcoin. So that's, that's where I'm at with it all. You know, I, th I think I'm getting better at creating or contributing to the celebration of it all rather than, you know, trying to fight these individual battles through one-on-one, -on -one, you know, conversations all the time. Cause it's exhausting too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything you say resonates with me and I'm completely on board with it. It's just, uh, like you say, this uh, observation that, uh, or or maybe more reflection on uh, <laughs> these very special times we're in, and uh, that uh, that, uh, but but that it's still uh, a good idea to to focus on all the awesomeness we have and uh, and uh, and build on that instead. But. Yeah, I, I'm probably still gonna rant a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love to see it happening. So there's, there's, you know, th that happening yeah. is, is part of why the space is so great, right? So I'm yeah. not saying don't yeah. do it by any we, means. We de we definitely have uh, our different roles and voices. We most importantly we need to be ourselves, right? And uh, and uh, emit exactly. whatever emit whatever special flavor of uh, truth we uh, we hold inside and uh, yeah you you definitely developed your own flavor which uh, me and many other appreciate so keep doing that oh thank you and 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 likewise so your is your location known it is right yeah generally so you're in norway right yeah so how how has you know the this year been there because i know your neighbors have probably handled it better than anywhere yeah, uh, big kudos to Sweden. Uh, Norwegians are not uh, like we have a tradition of being very competitive and uh, semi semi uh, hostile to Sweden. Not hostile, but you know they they used to be our big brother. But uh, I have to say I'm really impressed with how they have managed to follow the advice of actual epidemiologists and uh, and not go down the WHO big pharma route so i think it's very important for the whole world to have them as a as a case to see what happened with that approach and i mean a lot of numbers are already in here in norway they have uh, actually recently started uh, clamping down really hard basically harder than at any point uh, in this uh, process so we have like schools being intermittently closed every time there is some far relative of some some person at the school who may have been infected you know it's all kinds of preemptive measures uh, mask wearing has suddenly become uh, the norm i would say uh, i consider wearing a mask uh, an infringement uh, so i avoid it but that leads that leads to quite a few confrontations actually uh, I always keep my calm and just calmly state uh, that I'm following the law and uh, uh, this and that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 worries, worrying to see uh, that without any kind of uh, statistical or other type of evidence, uh, people are so willing to to follow the script and comply, comply, comply. So yeah, yeah. 
But, you know, I guess it, it reveals, because <clears throat> I'm sure we were both, and many of us listening, and many people listening to this were critical of, um, you know, how people accepted, you know, the state of affairs for many years, right? The, the sheeple sort of attitude towards a lot of people. But I guess this year just proved or revealed just how yeah. uh, willing everyone is to, and it's not even just to comply, although that's obviously a huge part of it. It's, it's comply absent the need for reason or logic yeah. or, or data. You know, that's the thing that just, yeah. you know, talk about getting emotionally set off. That's the thing that gets me the most. It's like, I'll hear people <clears throat> aggressively defend, you know, the, the actions of most countries. And then I'll just scratch the surface a tiny bit. I'll ask, you know, I'll ask a basic question about, you know, whatever, you know, any, any data point in this whole thing. And they won't be able to, to tell me, you know, and it, it, the reason why it's so disheartening is because when a society or a global society loses, not, not just its ability to determine truth, because that's hard enough in, in most cases. And like, you know, even with stuff like this, you can collect a lot of data and you can probably become, could become pretty close, but it's still, it's still an effort to determine truth. But to not even care about it mm. is like, you know, like there's no constant to ori to tether yourself in the world, if that's the case. Like, I think you said this in, in uh, your intro, but like everything becomes relative, you know, and of course we have, you know, this argument emerging in society a lot today, but that's the most frightening thing. You know, it reminds me of that uh, monologue by Mr. Beale in the, uh, uh, the movie the network right where he's like yelling at any everybody who's the uh, who's in the audience at his uh, news show and you know he's yelling at them like this is mass madness you maniacs you know like mm -hmm. wake up wake up <laughs> and uh but yeah i mean it, it's just it's just re remarkable that so little um objective reason and data and rationale and logic is is required to to enable such dramatic intervention in people's mm. lives i mean it's yeah. that's what makes it the most frightening for me and it's yeah i agree and it's also very frustrating to see that uh, we have been fooled into these narratives that doesn't make any sense uh, uh i talked to katya earlier today and uh, just uh, made this uh, analogy to the Bitcoin uh, base layer and layer two and layer three. It's like somehow we've been served so many, uh, I would say dishonest narratives or straight up lies uh, that we can't keep up. So we, <laughs> like, let's say the base layer lie here was that uh, COVID was uh, dangerous enough to warrant any kind of uh, removal of civil liberties or any kind of uh, wide-scale change of society that's kind of already conceded or lost and we're stuck discussing shit like the efficiency of this vaccine yeah. or you know shit like that which, which we shouldn't even discuss in the first place because uh, it's, it's basically a parallel to first principles that we're debating shit that's built on the first lie you know we need to go down to the first lie here and and just talk about why the hell are we reacting in this desperate way to this virus? I don't yeah. know. 
And, you know, there, there is so much wrapped up in this, in, in the structure that emerges around uh, an economy and a society that's based on <clears throat> money production of the type we have, you know, government, you know, zero cost fiat money production versus yeah. what I think we all think, you know, Bitcoin will become because among many, there's so many variables here, but to, to the point you were just making, it's like, when they can con control the levers so much, like if they're like, well, we're going to shut down everyone's businesses and we're going to shut them down until we reach some ambiguous and ill-defined. I mean, even yeah. that's not defined. It's like, okay, like if, if you're on board for everything, just tell us what the target is. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we don't know, or we can't tell you. But the point is, is like, of course you're going to comply because when, you know, when an entity like that has the ability to shut your, your income down and then supplants it with, you know, whatever UBI checks or whatever, mm -hmm. like you, you just don't have much of an option for most people. Like it, it's, it's, it's like you got, like if, if this is the only way that we get out of this and we can get back to some semblance of normalcy, then sure. You know, and I know that's a hugely regrettable position to be in, but um, these are the types of things that I think are enabled or if not enabled, you know, incredibly exacerbated by, you know, late stage fiat economics and culture, I guess. Yeah, it's probably things that would be very hard to, to manifest without this extremely fucked up incentive system that's been in place for a long time. You mentioned um, you were into stoicism and stuff. When, when did that become an interest to you? Uh, that's a long time ago. Uh, let's see, uh, probably about 20 years ago, I discovered stoicism. And uh, that was a time in my life which was very difficult. It was kind of uh, a lot of upheaval in uh, finding out who I was. And uh, I, had, I had started on this career path that uh, didn't really resonate with me. and. Uh, a lot of things were basically coming to a head that uh, that I hadn't dealt with in my in my youth and in my childhood. So I was basically searching, I think, for things to to grasp onto and things that made sense to me. And uh, I started uh, looking at Buddhism uh, before this, and uh, found a lot of stuff that there that absolutely resonated with me and uh, felt like felt like I wanted to look deeper into it. But what, 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 what turned me on to Stoicism was uh, I've always been a big reader. I've been reading a lot of books all my life. And uh, I picked up this book called A Man in Full by Tom Wolfe, uh, a book I really recommend. Uh, and this book is basically it's basically about stoicism. The main character in the book uh, has a very troubled life, but uh, by chance he discovers uh, Enchiridion by Epictetus or the handbook, and uh, it sets him free. Uh, it's extremely well written about the power that stoicism has to, to basically make any situation manageable and uh, give you this feeling of being the the captain of your soul basically uh so so that book just caught me and i i think immediately after finishing it i went on to amazon and, and ordered the uh, 
the handbook by Epictetus. And uh, I just, I think I fell down the stoicism rabbit hole basically. I, next couple of years I read and read and read and basically implemented all of this stuff into my life and I felt extremely liberated by it and uh, as I said, uh, totally changed my life. And how long ago about was that? This was 20 years ago. Oh, wow. What do you think, you know, I uh, am very fascinated by uh, the, the, you know, the component of Bitcoin or the ability of Bitcoin to transform the people that begin to understand it and engage with it. And it, it certainly seems that Bitcoin is, is kind of inspires a, a stoicism of a kind. What's, you know, being someone who's studied it and, and relied on it so extensively, what kind of parallels do you see between the two? I think there is definitely a lot there, uh, as you say. Uh, I'm seeing quite a lot of uh, stoicism in my feed. Uh, I think stoicism resonates with Bitcoiners, uh, which means, as you say, uh, Bitcoin resonates with the uh, stoics. And uh, why that is, that is, I haven't really reflected too much on it. Uh, I would think, uh, like stoicism is at its core the ability to separate what's within your control from what's outside your control. And uh, what Bitcoin does is uh, a lot of very profound things. One of them being actually putting uh, your stored work and stored efforts firmly within your control, uh, which was definitely not the case before. So I would think that is part of it that it kind of transfer the concept of work and wealth and time back into the control of humans again hmm. yeah it's been very interesting to watch and and speak to people that uh, and i'm not that familiar with stoicism i've read a few of the books but um it's really interesting to see these transformations that i, I think Maybe just saying that they're kind of more stoic transformations is a little bit narrow, but it, it does seem to be a lot of <clears throat> elements from stoicism that are a part of the transformation that seems to be taking place with a lot of people when they, when they come to Bitcoin. And, you know, I mean, I just can't stop talking about it, but it makes me so hopeful because the, the degree of transformation in some people, I know it doesn't happen with everybody, but it's so profound. Yeah. Like, like I was saying earlier, like no conversation could ever convince someone to like completely 180 their ideology and just, you know, on a, on a lifetime scale, very rapidly start changing, um, you know, their behavior and the different elements of their life and that kind of stuff. But this, but an understanding of, of this thing and, mm. and, a, and beginning to engage with it does seem to do that in an extremely profound and positive way. And it's like the, that that yeah. needs more formal study, I think. I'd love to see yeah. more formal study on that. Yeah, 100% agree. And uh, I really like, uh, I like all the articles we publish in Citadel 21, but we publish a lot of articles which are basically Bitcoiner stories, like my journey, uh, how, how did I fall down the rabbit hole? Uh, what's my life journey been after I discovered Bitcoin? What was it before? How did Bitcoin change my life? 
we published a lot of these uh, stories, probably 20, 30 different stories. Uh, and they never get old because every story is unique and yeah. every person has their own past and their own angle uh, hitting Bitcoin. And uh, Bitcoin changes them all in unique ways, but also in ways that, uh, that are similar. Uh, and I never get tired of reading uh, these real and honest uh, journeys uh, from Bitcoiners. Uh, I think it's great. And we will have a few in the upcoming volume in a week as well. Nice. Yeah. You know, before I really grokked Bitcoin, like one of the things that just caused me to be disheartened about the state of the world, let's say, is like, you could think that maybe technology or politics could change. Like, let's just say you were an idealist. You're like, ah, you know, we could turn this around somehow if blah, 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 fill in the blank. But one of the things that I, I just, I was like, I never could grasp how it could be turned around was, you know, people's like hardcore, a combination of their level of education and degree of being informed and um, their ideology. I'm like, you know, those things, it's like turning around the Titanic. Like, how do you, how does that change? Like, sure, you could change all these other things, but like those people are very likely still to be those people. And Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that gives me like, you know, Bitcoin is hope. It's a a line that's been passed around for a long time and and getting amplified more lately. And I totally agree with that. Um, And one of the elements of that hope is that almost magically, it has the ability to take someone of fill in the blank, you know, extreme ideology and um, almost dissolve it away in favor of whatever, if you can call it an ideology is, is coalescing around Bitcoin. And like, you know, that makes me so excited because now like in my, in my mind, there was this kind of, you know, brick wall of like, maybe a lot of things can change, but that one, you know, that one's a hard thing to change. And now knowing that this thing has the power to even dissolve that, I'm just like, you know, let's fucking go. They like, this is, all we have to do is keep amplifying the message. And again, you know, kudos to you guys and the work you're doing at Citadel 21, because that's exactly what that is. You know, it's, 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 it's showing that off. It's a display of that. And it's, uh, you know, it's going to reach a lot of eyeballs that, you know, aren't in the space, right? Like it'll be at someone's toilet someday and they'll be down for a crap and they'll be like, what the fuck is this thing? And they'll pick it up <laughs> and, uh, and they'll see this and they'll be curious and they're like, this is weird. And they'll like, you know, they may not know what to think, but some people are going to mm. be hooked, hooked in by that. It's going to get them on something. And, you know, that's why I love how many doorways there are into this thing. Like you can be a macro econ nerd, or you can be a finance bro on wall street, or you can be like a gamer or a comic book person or whatever. And there's like the more people that come into this, the more hooks are being doorways are being created into this thing that, uh, you know, funnels them into thinking dramatically differently about pretty much everything. You know, when you change the foundation of what, of how you think and what you're thinking about and how the world works and how it could work, that just, you know, whether it's a top down thing or a bottom up thing like that has a, uh, a lot, you know, it's like a meta narrative, right? A meta incentive. It just changes things uh, on every level once it's adopted at at the, you know, the foundation or the top. It's it's incredible. Yeah, amazing. Uh, like, why we 
why we get so driven and so inspired and so uh, so motivated to create and talk and uh, bond around Bitcoin. It's like Bitcoin has your back. Bitcoin will always have your back. There is there is no fragility or weakness or lies or any kind of bullshit with Bitcoin. It has your back. You're covered always by promoting this thing and by exploring this thing and by discussing this thing and creating from this thing. And in addition to that, or like a consequence of Bitcoin being truth, because Bitcoin is truth, a consequence of that is that it brings us together because anyone can just by looking at it, by looking into it, they will also discover the same truth. And what can be more valuable or more needed in this crazy world right now than having this kind of uncontested truth at the bottom and build on top of that? Yeah. I mean, that's what we need. I know this might be a bit of a challenging question, but I'd love to hear, um, you know, when you say Bitcoin is truth, and I use that terminology, you know, often as well, what like what do, what do you mean by that like could you could you flesh that out a little bit like at first i just mean that uh, there is no uh, contesting the content of the bitcoin blockchain the bitcoin blockchain is is uh, verified and proven by work uh, it is what it says it is that kind of it, truth it, right it is it, it is what it says it is yeah. there, and you can anchor shit to it uh, so I think that's that's the the main because that's a, that's a non-esoteric uh, thing, right? It's very like it's a file that you can compare, and you will see that all the nodes run the same blockchain. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it, you don't need to be uh, be a psychonaut uh, to to recognize that that type of truth, right? But of course, it goes far it goes far further than that because it. Bitcoin is also probably the most esoteric thing to land in our laps as last, at least as long as I have lived. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you, you know, do you have many people in your meat space life that you can talk about this stuff with? Yeah, quite a few. I, I have, uh, I have really great friends, very smart and uh, open-minded and uh, uh, yeah great great people uh, around me and the most of them in increasingly they are also getting on the falling down the bitcoin rabbit hole which is uh which is good to see uh it's actually been almost like dominoes falling the last six months so yeah but I've, I've always been able to discuss everything with them, including Bitcoin, but maybe their enthusiasm hasn't been as great as mine uh, regarding Bitcoin until recently. Has the price action been the reason for the dominoes, you think? Uh, surprise action, what do you mean? The price action, like the oh, price, increase pr price. Pr price action. Uh, yes and no. Uh, obviously part of it, but I think... Uh, more than that uh, is global events and uh, 
money printing has been uh, been a thing that people are noticing outside of Bitcoin, at least in my sphere, and uh, it's made them, it's made the, the realization that Bitcoin uh, has a finite uh, finite coin cap uh, much more attractive and. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 really cool to see that once <laughs> it seems to be the case with everyone. Like once you like open your mind enough to really have a look at it, you just get sucked in. Yeah, yeah, that's what what I find so funny when I'm in conversations and people tell me like I just don't get it. You know, like I just don't get this Bitcoin thing. I'm like, well, how have you tried to get it? And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, like I just I just don't really understand. I'm like, I get I understand what you're saying. I'm just wondering what you've tried to do to understand it presumably you have a desire to understand it you just said you don't get it like you know presumably you don't want to reside in ignorance about something that you find you know interesting and of course the answer is always like well you know i heard this on the news and that on the news i'm like oh okay so you haven't really made any efforts and you're probably not that interested but you know i i, I had a conversation with a friend recently and um went through you know gave gave him the the whole spiel about money and everything and nothing and freedom and blah, 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 and didn't really land. And then I, you know, I said, you know, only 21 million people will ever be able to own one full Bitcoin. And mm -hmm. that yeah. was the thing that, that hooked him. He was like, oh, I never, never thought about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So you never know what's going to get, what's going to get people. But that, that, that's, that's the most powerful uh, hook. I think that's what, that's what caught me immediately actually. Uh, and, to this day, I mean, 21 is holy, right? And uh, it's basically become a symbol of uh, absolute scarcity. And uh, uh, it's very, very powerful because it's such a foreign concept in the world today. Yeah. But, and, but even when you, like, because I had explained absolute scarcity to him before using those terms. And mm -hmm. it's like people don't, and fair play, because I didn't, at the beginning of my journey get it either like people don't really understand how unique absolute scarcity is right to to have something that is completely unresponsive to like demand yeah. basically yeah they just it's just not something you think about obviously i mean it, what, and, didn't, it didn't even exist up until you know 12 and, years ago and something that absolutely will not change its rules if someone gets their feelings hurt you know yeah yeah and so so that one like has trouble sticking with people, but for whatever reason that, you know, saying that only 21 million people can have one, uh, seem to be, uh, pique the interest. Um, but I heard you talk on another podcast that, you know, you heard about it somewhere, you read the right white paper and you're immediately hooked. And you just said like, when, once you heard the 21 million cap, were you immediately like when you were hooked, did you think like, I get that you saw, the value of something with those attributes but did you think that it had a possibility of surviving like did you did you see the inevitability of it because of those attributes or did you just think you know this this is a very interesting system let's see if it it can actually play out in the world i saw the possibility of it succeeding and i i wanted it so bad that i kind of decided that it would succeed you know uh, right. and uh the threats, the obvious threats that I initially saw was, uh, I mean, okay, the protocol says there will only be 21 million coins, but then next question, uh, uh, 
what if what if someone changes the protocol and who who's able to change the protocol and then as time went on i i mean i started going deeper into the like uh, who who's behind bitcoin core who's this who's gavin andresen uh and as we went on why, why is gavin andresen starting to agitate for bigger blocks what's going on here uh this this was obvious weaknesses and obvious vulnerabilities uh, that kind of worried me uh, and obviously also mining uh, like uh, centralization of mining was and to, to some extent still is an issue uh, but as if by magic uh, in tandem with my uh, conviction uh, things have just kept falling in place and working out and uh, Bitcoin has kept resisting attacks and getting hardened by the day and as I said before uh, after 2017 uh, after the no 2x victory uh, I, I've been and still am of the opinion that Bitcoin has won this thing yeah it's hard not to agree with that you know, you, you, you always want to be aware of the vulnerabilities, but with each passing day, the inevitability seems to, you know, in, in, increase. Uh, and, you know, what do you, what do you make of the level of resistance or, or maybe lack thereof? Cause I know early, you know, three, four years ago, we all kind of thought that this would be more contentious and I'm not saying, you know, that it won't be, but, at least over this past year, there seems to have been far more tailwinds than headwinds, you know, whether it's, you know, banks being able to custody and bank licenses being given and, you know, bigger companies getting in. And do you have, what do you make of all that? Uh, as in what is coming, you mean, or? Uh... Well, just like how, um, how accepting, you know, how accepted it seems to be becoming, right? It, 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 uh, yeah, it's it, like a lot of people and a lot of institutions and even governments seem to be uh, more accepting than uh, oppressive yeah. to this thing recently. I, th I think probably being in our, I mean, information asymmetry is huge in society in many ways, and uh, not least uh, in regards to Bitcoin. Uh, the global market cap of Bitcoin is, what is it now, 300 uh, billion? Mm -hmm. uh, something like that uh, which is nothing uh, and it's it's we have a hockey stick in front of us I think uh, in terms of uh, both price and uh, adoption and uh, how Bitcoin is uh, viewed as a threat by uh, by the the powers that be so I think it's basically just just as it was with decentralization i mean the immaculate conception of bitcoin that it needed those years to grow in obscurity to send its uh, mycelium throughout the world uh, and like legit decentralization not some fake uh, shitcoin uh, buzzword decentralization i think we are being underestimated and uh, we are not seen as the threat we are yet but i think that will change really fast uh, 
as we progress through this coming bull market. And uh, I fear and uh, uh, expect and uh, welcome the new narratives and the new attacks coming. And I think they are necessary, just as all the previous attacks have been necessary to harden uh, the honey badger's armor. And I think it, it will win. It will get further hardened. But I think we have some serious shit coming for sure. Uh, probably in the terms of uh, worst case, straight up trying to, to ban the use of Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you saw uh, the Canadian Prime Minister talk about uh, resets and building back yeah. better. And yeah, I saw. Oh my God. And, Seems and like. Seems like Canada is ground zero for this uh, brave new world experiment. Oh my God. I just, I, it's watching that guy speak just makes me ill. I, I just can't yeah. stand, can't stand him nor the rhetoric. And uh, I know the, you know, the same terminology is being used in many places. And this is the, the narrative being pushed from uh, the existing paradigm and stuff. And, so we shall see, you know, I guess we'll, we'll all have to wait and see. And I think in the meantime, you know, continuing to harden what Bitcoin is and how we engage with it and, and continue, mm -hmm. you know, the, I think one of the best defenses is the kind of the, the Trojan horse of being so integrated and distributed that, you know, yeah. you can't really, you, you, you can't really do much to stop it, you know, and, and it's going to be in the hands of, you know, increasingly more and increasingly powerful people, you know, like when Bitcoin is up in the hundreds of thousands of US dollars per coin, I mean, that's a contingent, that's a politically powerful contingent in itself. And it'd be interesting to see uh, to what degree, if any, uh, Bitcoiners become political. I mean, we're seeing sparks of it today, like, you know, Cynthia Loomis mentioned mm -hmm. Bitcoin on TV and, and like what's what's the, the best thing about being on the side of truth is that it's it's natural like people mm. people see it and if you're a good person then you want to engage with truth and you want to promote truth like that's a pretty good definition of a good person right yeah that's what you want to engage and that's what you want to promote and I think you know that's a hugely powerful force that's on our side because there are lots of good people out there and some of them are even in positions of influence and power and uh they're gonna start once they look at this however they come across it once they get it they're gonna be like shit like uh, this uh, we should be using this we should we should be promoting this more you know yeah. and uh so that, that's what's so hopeful about you know, that's the hope and power of truth generally i guess and the the huge you know, drawback of um, oppression and lies and and corruption is that that method of power, let's say, uh, mm -hmm. requires nonstop, you know, um, force to uh, to promote and to propagate and to hold up. And mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why we win in the end. But there certainly seems to be a, a contingent of people globally today, you know, perhaps the quote unquote power structure or however you want to refer to it uh, with a very obvious and specific agenda. And uh, yes, you know, ho hopefully, yeah, hopefully they don't, they don't get to exact it on everybody in the manner in which they have in mind. Cause 
I don't think it uh, is in our best interests as humans. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I can get behind that. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, we talked about and all along this line of like kind of being inspired by and transformed by this type of truth in Bitcoin and what we all feel like it's so common for people to feel compelled to contribute in some way, ship posting, podcasting, writing books, like whatever your thing is dancing with hula hoops, as we've recently discovered. Um, and you guys obviously launched, uh, the magazine Citadel 21 and, I'm wondering, you know, did you, was that something that you had in mind for a long time? Like what was, what was the inspiration behind that? That's a good question. Uh, I, I did not have it in mind for a long time. What, what really happened was that uh, I met uh, Katya, Bitcoin Katya. Uh, like uh, we met, uh, I had met her previously, but we met at the, the Lightning Conference in Berlin, um, 2019. And uh, really hit it off, and uh, and became a couple. And uh, she had some thoughts about, uh, or we started talking about subcultures and uh, and scenes. Scene is uh, a very interesting part of uh, subcultures in the past, at least. And we both had experiences with this phenomenon. Uh, she uh, had experiences mainly through music. Uh, like the Ukrainian uh, music subcultures and shit like that. And uh, myself, I had uh, been, <clears throat> been reading scenes both from uh, football culture and, uh, and uh, the computer scene back in, uh, back in the 90s, like Amiga and uh, stuff like that, these old 16-bit computers, which had a thriving community around them with a lot of cool demos and uh, written words and all kinds of shit that was published in scene form. So then it was kind of a very natural jump for us to start thinking about what if we made something like this for Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin has such a, I mean, uh, such in, insanely rich uh, uh, culture in its community, uh, both in terms of art and memes and just uh, intellectual superpowers. Uh, so yeah, we went, then we went from there and, uh, it's, it, it's basically been a thing that's just grown very organically. And initially we just wanted to make it online and, uh, just as a, a cool thing to do. But then a lot of people started asking for physical, physical editions of the scene and, uh, it's kind of just grown and become more and more. And it seems like it will become even more than it is today as well. we'll I think we will keep building on this because it's a really fulfilling, interesting work to, I mean, I, I feel blessed to be able to edit this thing, to receive all these awesome submissions and talk to all these amazing Bitcoiners, tie new connections, uh, basically curate uh, this amazing pulse coming from the community. Yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. You know, like, I mean, yeah, what, what could be better than doing something like that? Were you, like, a lot of Bitcoiners report, or not report, but a lot of Bitcoiners, once they're, they're in here and they see how special, you know, that 
all the people that are that they're in here with are you know they want to find a way to contribute and one of the challenges right now is that um it's not readily apparent what that contribution should be you know most people think in terms of like well maybe i'll get a, a job with a bitcoin company but one that's a fairly narrow approach and two there's not that that many bitcoin companies and as a result not that many bitcoin jobs available now i think that's probably set to change in the next few years but um had you know had you had had you been wanting to find a way to contribute uh more to all of this or did it really just bubble up when you and katya got together i think it just bubbled up and uh i think that's been it's the same story with everything i have done in this community like in this lightning trust chain torch also was just not planned at all it just happened so i try to live by that uh sentiment to not not overanalyze not not overthink just basically if something resonates with me and uh, feels interesting or fulfilling to do i will do it and when if it stops being that i will stop doing it and uh, not uh, put any kind of filter or agenda on myself in any way and it seems to be working working out fine that's such a beautiful way to uh, orient your behavior you know i i wonder when you're saying that what came to mind is one kind of the and this may have some kind of relation to stoicism as well but has has being involved with bitcoin and being you know on this ride has it influenced your approach to or or thinking of you know kind of a fatalistic um sense or you know approach to your life like has it influenced that at all what it has done is it's strengthened and confirmed a lot of stuff that i had only a very intuitive and subconscious concept of uh because for me personally the time since the start of 2019 has been completely unreal and it feels unreal to this day <laughs> it's like someone it, it's this weird feeling of everything around you happening uh or going crazy but it seems to be working out as long as i just stick to my beliefs and and you know stay stoic about it and just keep doing my thing because uh, this uh like specifically what happened with craig wright deciding to go after me with this billionaire money from calvin air and though just that storyline since march 2019 is on its own completely crazy and continues to be to this day like uh, just a couple of weeks ago i was watching a live stream of uh, court bay in the uk where this uh, lots of barristers and lawyers with white wigs and three lord justices were sitting talking about me and talking about a tweet i made about this dude and whether or not and in which way i should be held responsible for that you know it's just so surreal and weird 
but uh, I've learned to to not question it too much and just accept it and not get scared from it or anything. I'm just just keep keep keeping it real, and that seems to seems to work out fine. Yeah, like and obviously you can you don't have to answer this question, but what is the status with all of that? I can answer that uh, very specifically. Uh, the status, I mean. He put a bounty on me and uh, he wanted to sue me from the UK, which has very sp special legal laws. It's very easy to convict people in the UK for defamation. Uh, so what, what I did was basically to preemptively sue him from Norway to get a court declaration here in Norway that uh, says uh, I am not uh, in any, any way liable for any kind of damages and that my tweets were lawful uh, under Norwegian law uh, and free speech. Uh, so what's happened now is that uh, they have tried to contest the Norwegian case in all ways possible. They appealed it all the way to the Supreme Court here in Norway. The Supreme Court uh, has made their verdict that the case will go ahead in Norway. So we will have a court case here in Norway in 2021. Uh, Craig Wright has been ruled to pay all my costs here in Norway, which currently amounts to $66,000, which he just straight up refuses to do. Uh, and in the UK, uh, they are still trying to argue that the case they have against me in the UK is a different case than the Norwegian one so that they can keep that going. Because international law says that if you have the same case in different jurisdictions, uh, it can only go ahead in one state to avoid the conflicting judgments. But, so I'm waiting for this appeal that they made in the UK because it was, was thrown out of the UK first and they appealed it and now it's been heard, the appeal has been heard. So I'm waiting for a decision on that. And why, if the Supreme Court date is gonna be next year, why have they already been ruled to pay your expenses? The Supreme Court date was, uh, there is no more Supreme Court here. The Supreme Court has ruled on it and they ruled oh. that I won. Court shall, the, the case shall go ahead in Norway. Oh, sorry. And yeah. Craig, Craig Wright pays all expenses. Oh, I see. Man, what? Yeah, just a shit fest, right? Just completely ridiculous. It's so fucking about. ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> but as you said, like, it's, it's, it's. That's just, it's it, at the same time, it's it's super real, you know. Uh, I mean, they are going after people in the courts of law, which, like, if they get uh, any judgments against people, uh, first of all, people have to defend themselves, which costs exorbitant amounts of money. And then, like, uh, the people they sue from the UK, they run a real risk of actually losing, since... Uh, they have to prove that this individual is not Satoshi. And uh, I would have a hard time proving conclusively that you are not Satoshi. So, you know. that's, so the bur a, that's the burden of proof for the UK ones? Is that they, the, the defendant has to prove that they're not? That yeah. he's not? Yeah, that's why they're, this is called liberal tourism. It's being done a lot from the UK. Fuck. Shit. Crazy, um, but but back back to what we were saying before that little sidetrack. Um, you know, I asked you if you had a sense of you know being fatalistic about this, and you basically just said, you know, no, I'm just trying to you know be myself and 
and act in line with my own principles and interests and, you know, let it hang mm-hmm. out and see what happens. And mm-hmm. um, that's a, another thing that I think is so great about um, what we're all engaging in here. It's like, and I can only share my experience, but, and like, you know, this may sound odd, but like, I've always tried to be a good person, right? So it's not like before I was, uh, you know, actively <laughs> engaging in lies and deception, but um, now like the the incentive to be honest and genuine and good seems to be getting amplified at least within this quote unquote community right like yeah. and let's i know we maybe we refer to twitter too much but a lot of discourse happens there like if you they like twitter will sniff out a rat right like the cyber hornets yeah. will sniff out a rat and if you're dishonest <laughs> disingenuous like fill in the blank like negative attribute or or ethical whatever um mm-hmm you'll get called out and you'll probably get kicked to the curb. Right. Mm. And, but if you're the opposite of that, if, if you're, you know, incredibly uh, have a ton of faults, like many of us do, but you're honest about it and you're genuine and you're, you you know, you're, you're trying to contribute uh, or even just trying to be, you know, as as honest and forthcoming as you can be, then you're probably going to get, you know, a lot of support for that. And a a lot of love. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the one, that's the word that doesn't get thrown around this place enough, but uh, I I think it's, you know, there's a ton of love in this space. And one of the things for me that uh, I found interesting, is like, I think I have become a little bit more fatalistic because my, and and maybe that's the wrong word and it's probably not very clearly defined in a lot of people's minds, but just like the overwhelming sense that if you, if you engage honestly in you know, the things that you find most interesting. And if you try to, you know, bring the best that you have to bear to it and, you know, be a, you be the best approximation of a good person, as far as you define it, as you do it, then things will turn out as they should. You know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's some reference to some far better articulated Jordan Peterson line around this kind of thinking where you just, you know, you, you do that, you know, you shoot, you show up as who you are as best you can, and mm-hmm. then you engage and whatever happens is what's supposed to happen or the best outcome that can happen. And yeah, or, or that there is nothing better to desire than the outcome that happens. Right. If, exactly. Like, you know, that the intention and action, that's the end, the first and the end goal and whatever may arise from that is kind of the, the optimal outcome since it, arises out of honesty and truth in yourself exactly well said and there's something incredibly liberating about that right because for my life and i think probably the case for a lot of people is you focus on certain outcomes now maybe you've you've been conditioned to have certain outcomes i've got to be this level of success this level of money this level of Mm -hmm. you know fill in the blank and whenever we do something a certain degree of apprehension and and fear and doubt uh come into our minds because the the gap between our desired outcome and where we are is daunting maybe it's big or maybe it's and like this this can apply to business fighting you know uh engineer like whatever like um when, once you have such a you know an outcome that you're so uh attached to then yeah. the disparity between that outcome and where you are you know is a cause hmm. for anxiety and it's it's as you just said like knowing that you will manifest 
the outcome that you should be targeting if you approach it in a certain way is incredibly liberating because then the, the only thing you need to concern yourself with is the manner in which you approach it, not, not some ambiguous imaginary thing that is meant, you know, quote unquote, meant to result from it. You know, all mm. you have to do is, 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 is refine or, or um, be careful about the man, you know, how you engage, not what the, the outcome is. And I think that's probably why I use a term like, fatalistic because it you you know it's very much like well i'm gonna i'm gonna show up as my best and whatever happens happens mm. and and if mm. you do that you kind of and again you know I'm, my saying this is probably influenced by recently listening to some of peterson's biblical lectures but like you get a sense maybe that there is an overriding um system of organization to reality. I mean, we, we know that in every other sphere, right? In physics and chemistry and biology, et cetera. And it almost mm -hmm. begs the question, why would it not be there in the realm of human action? And um, you almost, or I sometimes get a sense that, well, if that's how you kind of appease or engage in this, this system of, um, yeah, the system that governs human action, then, uh, you know, perhaps by doing that, you're uh, aligning with it in some manner that, uh, aligning with it in, in, in maybe the best manner possible. And like, to the degree that, that that's even a possibility, it somewhat suggests that um, there's a fate aspect involved. And I, I haven't reconciled, you know, I, I'm not suggesting that people don't have free will or free agency, um, you know, just because you throw a ball up in the air, you know, there's a lot of variables to consider to determine where that might land or a, or a, you know, a flower or something that, that is pushed by the wind or whatever. But um, I don't know, it, it's, it's being involved in this space more and more is starting to give me that sense that, uh, that like, you know, you show up the proper way and what's supposed to happen will happen. And that's, that's the optimal outcome. Uh Dude, I totally agree, and it uh, it brings us right back to stoicism. Uh, like the final the final passage of uh, the Handbook by Epictetus uh, reads something like, uh, "Lead me on, O Zeus, and thou destiny, to that goal long ago to me assigned. I'll follow readily, but if my will prove weak, wretched as I am, I must follow still." Basically, saying that you know. Uh, follow like follow your nature as well as you can your path is already assigned to you and you can follow it readily or you can uh, be dragged along unwillingly uh, this is very I would say a cool ending to the handbook because it's much more non-western and more esoteric than the rest of the very like rational and uh, almost uh, scientific things in stoicism but uh to me this is this is where i'm led everywhere where i find something that seems true like truth to me it's it's always a paradox and uh i'm also very fascinated by taoism uh which is a lot about that exact thing that you know the the truth resides in paradoxes and if you try too hard to ring it in and uh, single it out it will just slip between the cracks so it's just uh yeah 
fascinating stuff. Have you written much about any of your, your well, have you written much? You know, I, I'm, I constantly have this kind of feeling that I should write more. I, I have written a bit in my life, but uh, I mean, now that we have Citadel 21 as a place where I could publish, uh, I really want to write more about uh, including stuff like this uh, philosophical, uh, spiritual realms that we are on to right now. Yeah, uh, so do I. You know, writing, I used to write a lot when I was younger, just a lot, kind of just my own thoughts, and they often had a philosophical skew, but um, it's challenging, right? It, it just, it's just, it's a tedious task, and that's why I appreciate, you know, many of the great writers that we have in this space that have uh, tamed that beast and managed to, you know, dig within themselves for for those insights and the way they've mm. articulated their thoughts and put them down on paper. So for all of us to share and consider, but it really seems like among other things that are, that are being, uh, that, that Bitcoin is giving birth to or revivifying um, genuine individual philosophical uh, inquiry and pursuits and perhaps even novel ones um, seem to be reemerging um, and not exclusively, right? Like, as I, I said, you know, Peterson's emergence a number of years ago, um, you know, made kind of philosophy and psychology and, and introspection and those sorts of ideas, quote unquote, cool again. But, um, you know, Bitcoin gives it all so much more gravity. Um, and it's really fascinating to see this, to use a term that I think is incredibly apt, uh, renaissance of thought around happening around this thing and having people um you know explore those old ideas like you mentioned taoism i'm incredibly fascinated by that as well and and perhaps we'll i don't know i like i get the, the the sense that we may discover new things about our thinking about that kind of stuff because of bitcoin's emergence like some of some of them those places lead to those fundamental truths like love or unity or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, I feel like part of the reason why Bitcoin is inspiring such type of inquiry, uh, inquiry by certain people, uh, is because there's something novel to be revealed in doing so. And that we just kind of have a sense of that. And mm -hmm. it's upon us to wrestle with ourselves and dig and try to determine what that might be. And then, put it out there for people to tear apart or to, to build on. And uh, I love that. I love that that's happening. Yeah. Uh, like you are doing it right now and you've been doing it for a long time, creating things and uh, basically throwing your own thoughts and your own creations out there and see what comes bouncing back. And uh, writing is another version or another dimension of that and uh i have been asked i've asked you already but i'll repeat it right now that whenever whenever you have the time or inclination we would really love to feature you in citadel 21 so well thank you and that, I, i'd love to hope contribute. that will happen someday i think you have uh, a lot of uh, perspectives that would make for very good article well i think maybe similar to you uh it's just about like 
carving out that time and deciding yeah. you're going to, you're going to do it. Right. And there's so many excuses you drum up not to do it. Cause you know how kind of uncomfortable it's going to be it's, to sit, sit down. It's painful. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, anything, <laughs> anything to get out of it is what my excuse has been so far, but uh, I, I think I'll, I'll I'm going to dial back a little bit of the pod over the next couple months and, and try to carve out some more time to put some words down and it would be a absolute honor and pleasure to, to contribute in some way to uh, Citadel 21. So we shall see. Um, Before I let you go, man, is there, you know, what's, what, what's the most kind of interesting or exciting thing going on in, in your world or in your attention these days, you know, other than the launch of the magazine and what, and the craziness going on in the world, what's, what's bringing you joy and happiness and enthusiasm? Uh, my daughter, basically the most awesome person out there. She's, uh, <laughs> seeing her healthy and happy and, uh, curious and, uh, energetic. That's, uh, probably the biggest, uh, I mean, uh, I'm blessed to have, uh, great friends and great family and, uh, amazing woman. Uh, so just uh, enjoying the people in my life uh, while as much as I can ignoring the darkness around us right now with the limitations that they attempt to put on social interactions and stuff like that. So uh, basically just living my life, I think. Uh, And I have my hands full with the creative uh, stuff to do in Bitcoin. in addition to Citadel 21, which I would say Citadel 21 takes up the majority of my time right now. What other creative stuff are you doing in the space? I actually just started a business with a friend uh, outside of Citadel 21, which uh, I can't talk about it right now, but uh, it's Bitcoin related and uh, hopefully will go somewhere. Awesome. Which is exciting. yeah, so it's it's mostly it's mostly Bitcoin and family, I think, in my life. Hey, man, what could be better than that? Bitcoin yeah. and family or loved ones. I mean, that's that's one of the amazing things about this is that it, uh, and not that you know a lot of people may have thought this already, but just that it seems to crystallize for people what is really important in their lives, whether that be health or family or you know fill in the blank, but. Uh, another one of those sort of hallmark transformations that, that Bitcoin seems to inspire is it just, uh, maybe it's just, I don't know what process is underway, but it does seem to put things into perspective in a, in a very positive way. And uh, it really does. And like the concept of family, I'm, I honestly feel like uh, Bitcoiners are part of my extended family because we are so aligned and, I have so much respect for so many people in this space uh, that it makes me makes me honestly really happy and hopeful and inspired to see this continuous flow of input and uh, creations happening at a faster and faster pace, which may, reminds me like I just had to throw that out there before we and uh, are you familiar with Terence McKenna? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I love I love Terrence McKenna. I listen to a lot of his shit. Oh man, I used, I've listened to I'm pretty sure every single thing. And there's a lot of, on YouTube about Terrence McKenna, but you know, you're speaking to a longtime psychonaut, so you know that I spent years listening to Terrence McKenna. Yeah, yeah, we're on the same page there. Uh, and uh, just his uh, novelty, novelty theory uh, that just rings so true to me right now. It's it's like the dude was just. I mean, he tried to pinpoint it in time to 2012, I think, through yeah. the time wave and yeah uh but what we are seeing now is like the condensation of novelty compressed into smaller and smaller increments of time and it really feels like this wave of novelty is about to like reach its uh its crest and just crash over us and make some the start of something new and uh it's very fitting that bitcoin is uh center stage at this point in time and uh yeah i, I thought a lot a lot about uh, this uh this concept of novelty in our lives lately because it it just seems to be escalating uh exponentially these days yeah i i couldn't agree with that more and uh i'm so happy to see that the novelty is taking this form and i mean i i, I guess today there's uh many forms of novelty not all of them good but at that at least this type of novelty is also is also happening because i know you know when terence used to explain his uh time wave zero program you know he would mm -hmm. show the peaks and troughs of novelty and you know a couple were like the dropping of the the bomb on hiroshima and nagasaki and the summer of love in the 60s and you know so it can be novelty can go both ways right it can be good and bad mm -hmm. and um no, but I, I agree. I mean, it's. it's I think so if if we had Terence here right now, I think he would. Uh, that would be amazing. It's really sad that. Can he's you imagine? Right now to, uh, oh my god. I, but I, it would be it would be obviously incredible. But I almost think like I almost have a, a kind of fatalistic view of like why and when he departed. You know, would yeah. you, like would we have killed that hero for some reason? Would he have been you know super SJW and would that have? <laughs> I, I hate to even I hate to even you know I, I don't mean to speak badly of Her Terrence by by even saying those words, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, we've, we've preserved you know so much mm. uh, amazing uh insights from him and they live on on the internet yeah. for all of us to access and it, you know sometimes his, when when people leave his, before their time it crystallizes uh their message and yeah. you know who knows why that happens but his his genius wasn't necessarily compatible with the the meat space structures of uh, 2020 yeah exactly yeah but phenomenal mind and for those people listening that haven't checked out Terence McKenna. I mean, he's not for everybody, but if you're into, you know, philosophy and psychedelics and the future and that kind of stuff, you you may you might enjoy a little Terence McKenna in your life. Um, well, man, I, I guess I should let you go unless uh, unless you've got anything else that you want to discuss. I mean, I I can certainly hang around a bit, but I know you've got lots to be up to. So, anything else before we shut it down? Uh no i don't think so i mean as you say we could uh, hang out for many hours and not run out of things to talk about but uh yeah it's been really cool really cool to talk to john and uh hope to do it again sometime and uh yeah yeah me too man well um 
I know Citadel 21 is, is going fantastically and uh, I, I hope it continues to do so. I just want to thank and congratulate you again for such an awesome initiative and everybody else who's, who's involved, who, you know, who's helping you out with it. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll try to carve out some time over the holidays. And if I feel like I produce anything of value, I'll, I'll, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> awesome. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. Take care, man. Talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Oh!